Traveling the Vortex. the doctor as he travels the vortex and made episode number 160 and you know there's nothing worse than a peasant with indigestion i'm keith i'm sean i'm glenn how are you guys very good very good a little tired a little sore very tired very sore <laughs> who are we kidding kind of tired we're Not a sore. wreck <laughs> we're, we're an absolute hot mess tonight <laughs> <laughs> speak for yourself i do <laughs> Why you got so tired? Sunday. Well, there was a you kept me up late last night. <laughs> a spirited game of Doctor Who Monopoly last night is what happened. <laughs> I don't know if it was spirited, but <laughs> it, it happened. S- it got spirited. There at was times. much hand wringing and teeth gnashing. Well, at the end, <laughs> as is wont to happen with Monopoly. That's true. We should know better. <laughs> and despite the, despite the Uno prophecy, we played anyway. <laughs> So I had the guys over from Doctor Who Monopoly, which we'll review later. <laughs> you believe that? <laughs> We're going to review it. What other podcast is going to give you an official review of Doctor Who Monopoly? <laughs> Just us, baby. Just us. I won. <laughs> you didn't Spoilers. Have to that. <laughs> That's what I did this week. I won at Monopoly. <laughs> again. I got to meet the president again. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do much else. Got a new printer today. You did? Yeah. Is it an air print? It is a wireless printer. Isn't that what that's called? It's not a Mac. I'm not a Mac, so it's not an air print. Oh, that's an official registered trademark. Well, yeah. Ah. That's a a wireless printer. It's a wireless printer. I did not mean to confuse your facial (laughs) tissue with Kleenex. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty nice. Uh, scanner, clean, uh, scanner, copier. Yeah. Cool. It was, uh, <laughs> I always ran out of ink. This is going to sound like my story for going and getting printer. <laughs> because, and, well, <laughs> the last time I went out and got ink was, I think, the first time in three years that I put ink in that printer. Oh, my gosh. I you don't print, print much. I, I print at work if I need to print something. Um <laughs> and I really need to do that. <laughs> so, I think in the last m- seven months, I printed my boarding passes, went to go visit Megan, and that's it. Oh, speaking of, did you get that 70,000 page manuscript I sent you uh, printed off for me at work? No. No. Not yet. I'm still sure. working on it. Page at a time. Page at a time. <laughs> One page at a time. No, I haven't done it. Six, six, 69,995 days. I started about 100 days ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, good. The, the editor's asking for some revisions. I'd like to be able to send it in. The printer was so old, here's, here's our some, Windows 7 I got. computers wouldn't recognize the printer. Our old printer. So uh-huh. that's why we had to upgrade. Because it was kind of a pain to go over to the desktop and pull up whatever we wanted to print from the other computer. And so, yeah, we did that. Started watching Helix. Oh, you need, new, uh, a, you need a new printer show. anyway, but you know you probably could have installed a print server on your computer there. 
that would have talked I, to your laptops. Oh, really? Yeah, no, because... It would have acted as an intermediary, and you could have still hmm. printed with it. It's, a, it's a print server, and the print server would have been old enough to talk uh, to the printer, and then, but also use your, your to network use to... Well, see, I was trying to use the network to get the laptops to recognize, because I had it set up on a network. Just the drivers wouldn't install on the Windows 7 to print. That's what I'm saying. If you so the server would have the print server acts as the yeah ah, gotcha. acts as what you need your drivers for, and then it well, has the old drivers for. Ink's them. cheaper in this way, well, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to tell me it was like mine. I went out to buy ink for my last printer, which our ink cartridges for for the color was like thirty dollars, and for the black was twenty five. Actually, it was thirty five and twenty five. That's about what mine was. Fifty, sixty dollars for ink. Just to buy both. And so I went out and was going to buy ink. And then I went down the um, aisle. This has been a year ago. But I went down the aisle and I saw printers in there. And they had this great HP printer that was, uh, you know, the copy scanned. Yeah. It was wireless. Everything for 70 bucks. And I thought, and it can't, and it comes with ink. And I thought for like, for like $10 more, I can get a new printer <laughs> that's wireless and... And then uh, the bonus of that is then I went and looked at how I priced the ink, and the ink it was actually ten or fifteen dollars yeah. cheaper than what my old printer yeah, was. Yeah, that's what I did when I was I did a lot of research looking up. <clears throat> and then I, I kind of wrote this one off, uh, a little too out of the price range. Went on sale today at Best Buy. Oh, what is that? Right? Yeah, oh, <laughs> we waited till Sunday till the yeah. ads came out to double check go. everything. There so, you go. frugal shopper, you. I'm very frugal. <laughs> We we went to I went to Walmart and looked at printers and saw a thirty dollar one and said, Well, that one would probably have the drivers that could work that I can use it as a network printer. Why not that one? And Sarah was like, Let's go Wi Fi <laughs> I was gonna go even cheaper than that one. You're funny. Because <laughs> I'm cheap. Yeah. <laughs> Give up the rotary phone. <laughs> I was a very late adopter to smartphones too. Yes so. you were. Uh, other than that, had coffee with my dad and got belated Christmas presents of the Planet of the Apes vinyls, which are very cute. Well, they don't bobble, though. Nope, they're not bobbleheads. Oh. Oh, they're the, that's right, they're the they're vinyls. They're the vinyls. Well, you know, the, the pop mates bobbleheads, Because that's right? the Ewok is a bobblehead. And, and we, we just got in R2-D2 today. Bobblehead. Is his head bobble or is his whole body bobble? Well, I, that's he looks to be a fairly squat piece of plastic, in my opinion. So I'm not sure on that. I, I don't know what bobbles. I, sh- I shook that package six ways from Sunday. I, 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 I got <laughs> well, they're packaged in such a way where you can't tell what bobbles until you take it out. Uh, well, maybe it'll meet with an unfortunate accident while is it, it's is being it merchandised. I don't know. If, if it's not, if the box is not taped, it's very easy to take it out, look at it, and put it back in. Well, not nearly as much fun tape. as ripping it open, though. <laughs> well, it's, it, I'll show you. Them. It's not. You, you don't need to rip it open. Keith, you're misunderstanding my point. <laughs> it's, you don't need, it's more fun but, to just take a box and go. Do you want to look at the boss and then go? Oops. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was just trying to keep you from owning something you might not necessarily want. I don't own anything I don't want. <laughs> don't tell Mel that, but I want everything that I own. <laughs> and went to a Hot Topic because we had Hot Topic cash. Uh, so we got $30 worth of minifigs for 15 plus tax. You really couldn't think of anything 
I looked at every better. For the listeners at home, I put better in quotation marks. I looked. I, <laughs> all their things. shirts they had for like Doctor Who shirts and stuff, and I wasn't impressed with any of the other ones. Were all women's. Like there was this nice. I, there was, I was really impressed by one of the. Um, I think it was an Eleventh Doctor shirt, or it was all the Doctors. I can't remember which. And it was an extra large, and would probably would have fit. But I pulled it out. Oh nope, that's a woman's shirt. Oh, because it's actually got the fitted cut. Uh, the fitted cut, the gotcha. sleeves. It's not the unisex. Did you just say sleeves? It's got the sleeves thrown out. Stop looking at my headgear. <laughs> yeah, another. Cut that. it out, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> I recommend Helix if you haven't watched that yet. That's the new Ron Moore show, right? It is the new Ron on Swiffy. Yeah, it it has a very. It feels like. If the thing, outbreak, and sunshine had a child, <laughs> partially because the captain from Sunshine is on this if show. If the thing, outbreak, because and sunshine had a child, it because, would be Helix. Because it has a very alien feel to it, but it's a virus, and they're set in the Antarctic. So. Oh yeah, I can't totally see it now. <laughs> Atmospherically, it's wow, phenomenal! All right. Well, I've seen all those movies, so I don't have to bother with you. Original thing or uh, well, Carpenter's Carpenter's thing. thing, Carpenter's thing, or Seeds of Doom thing. Carpenter's thing. Carpenter's thing. <laughs> it's, it starts with this: the one of the infected people being all zombie-ish and attacking people. To um, <coughs> oh crap. Uh, this really, really cheery song. It's bizarre. It's cool. really bizarre. Well, that sounds right up my alley. <laughs> I, I don't know where... It's only three episodes in, so I can't vouch too much for it. I mean, three episodes of Battlestar Galactica was what it was. I was hooked on Galactica from the start, though. Hopefully yeah, it's only going to be three or 13 episodes and done, because I don't see how they can get past that. Oh, it's very easy. Apparently, Swiffy will hand over a check uh, and say, Season 2, please. And they'll they say, okay. Get just 13 I would, episodes, well, cons- considering that Ronald Moore is also okay, doing Outlander, 13 more. hopefully he won't be as willing to do it. Is he, Outlander also on Swiffy? No, that's a Cinemax show. Oh. It's a. It's, it, it's weird that it's Ronald D. Moore. <laughs> Real money. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird that it's Ronald D. Moore because it's. This woman gets transported to uh, 400. The year 400 Scotland. That's it. And then it's like a romance period drama. So it seems very odd so that it's. In the future, they start naming years along with countries? Well, in that time period. In Scotland. Oh, oh, not 400 Scotland. I totally was with him. I, I, was so thank you. It's not like dress to me. He <laughs> was transported to 400 Scotland. 480 Scotland. Well, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Doctor Who podcast. Why not? I guess. You're in the year 400 Scotland. <laughs> I said time you travel. Saw the, yeah. <laughs> you saw the little words come up in your head. <laughs> yeah. 480 what, what, Scotland. What was the one in New Earth? Uh, or backslash Apple. <laughs> 400 Scotland's easier to remember. I got this. <laughs> what else did you guys do? I won at Doctor Who. <laughs> See, I lied in my evening. It was fun. We Kids went over for a sleepover at uh, Grandma and Papa's house, and we got... Grown-up night out. <laughs> it was fun of, to have an adult date night. We had a lot of time. It was fun. 
Oh, we played Monopoly. Had some, probably, had some good food. <laughs> that's probably one of the few times I can camp on one hand that I was able to hang out with Holly. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> it's very rare. Yeah, Holly made an appearance outside the Batcave. It was <laughs> <laughs> quite the momentous undertaking we went this to, weekend. Uh, Went to Texas Roadhouse beforehand too and had dinner and that was really <coughs> nice. Just nice quiet dinner. Well, it wasn't quiet as the place is loud, but nice quiet or nice kidless dinner without just the two of us. Uh, kids had basketball yesterday morning. We've been playing a lot more Minecraft. That's pretty much the extent of my week. It's been more Minecraft. My, uh, <laughs> my home projects where I I hung a uh, hook for the kids' coats. <laughs> You'll forgive me if that doesn't sound nearly as ambitious as moving a wardrobe out of your garage or oh, cleaning the gutters. No, you oh. did that. Oh, well, yeah, the wardrobe. <laughs> On your scale of home improvement projects, hanging a hook's kind of like me. Oh, that was kind of, yeah. It seems like I did something else this weekend, too, but I can't remember where it was. I don't know. Maybe you hung it on the ceiling. And, <laughs> no, you no. know, it it's a game. You have to throw your coats up at the hook, and <laughs> there's a hoop. And No, that was it. I. No, I guess we just we did a lot of cleaning, so that was housework too. That's it. Nothing. No, just move on. What do you? What did you do? <laughs> I'm not gonna sit there and drag out what I did. No, I didn't do anything. Didn't do anything. Um, I lost at Monopoly <laughs> again. Did I finish Sherlock this week? Maybe that's what I did. You did, did Sherlock last week. No, well, no. You, you, like, oh yeah, I finished Sherlock. You finished this week. Sherlock. That's right. I watched the. We finished Sherlock too. Yeah. Well, I finished it tonight. You finished it last week. Last week. Oh. Well. Monday. Whenever, whenever you got off the plane. And it premiered tonight on uh, And it premiered PBS. tonight on PBS. So. And my boss do, do we know, is, are they going to push it back? Uh, is there going to be a week gap on the week three on PBS? Why would there be a week gap? Because it's going against the Super Bowl. Oh. <laughs> I don't think PBS cares. I wonder if that's a smart move on the Super Bowl's part. Sherlock's huge. <laughs> <laughs> It's event television. People are going to tune in to Sherlock instead of the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> PBS has a good deal right now. Go that. smart people. Downton <laughs> Sherlock Downton back to back. Sherlock, yeah. I don't know. Anyway. What um, did you do? No, we finished Sherlock, which is phenomenal. If you haven't seen it, um, hurry up. Did you miss me? If, if <laughs> <laughs> Call it. Call it. Um, it does come out uh, if... Tell him. Tell him he I called did, that. He did call it. Tell him I called that. Well, I told you that he called it. Yeah, I guess you did. <laughs> um, no spoilers. No spoilers. Before he even started. It comes out on Blu-ray. This is the first time when I can actually sit here and go, <laughs> hey, I know something you know that something other people don't know. <laughs> it comes out on DVD and Blu-ray February 11th. Really? Already? Oh, they're pushing that through. Same day as the moon base. Ooh. Smart marketing, BBC. <laughs> <laughs> All your dollars are belong to us. <laughs> um, what else? I worked a lot. Uh, <laughs> the boss called me. He says, so normally we would schedule an inventory for Sunday night. I was like, yeah. He says, and normally the guys that work Sunday don't have to do inventory because you've been there all day. I was like, yeah, that's kind of why I like Sundays because they don't do inventory. He says, well, I don't have enough people. Nobody's available. We have to get this done. So, okay. Which one is it? It's card inventory. Because uh, that means you got to count all those magic cards. Yeah, we know. Yeah, we you heard that story. You complained many a times about that. That's that one. So we know. I was like, well, at least we know how to bulk now. We can three oh, yeah. thousand nine hundred seventy-four. Beep. That. Okay, you still had to count three thousand seven hundred ninety-four of them. But uh, so yeah, I was like, well, Still's I think we should do it Thursday bet morning. Bet you weren't beeping them one at a time. Though, no, so. we weren't beeping one at a time. One. 
then beep. Um, so he says, I want to do it Thursday morning. Okay. Can you come in at 6? A.M.? Yeah. <sighs> okay. And then he made the joke kind of offhandedly. He says, yeah, I suppose you could work all day because I'm scheduled to close Thursday night. But then I thought about it. I was like, we've got so much stuff that needs to be done, and I'm never... Because I, I show up for my shift, and I immediately... It's time to put out fire mode, you know, the <laughs> running around doing stuff and helping customers, and I, I never get anything done. So I kind of thought about it for a minute. I was like, it's a scheduled shift. Everybody's going to be there. I can actually get stuff done. Yeah, okay, I will. I'm going to work all day. He says, really? I was like, yeah. So I showed up at 6 in the morning uh-huh. and worked. This was Thursday? Thursday. Um, straight through until you know my shift started at two, and worked straight through close. So I actually put in six. What was it? Yeah, sixteen hours on Thursday. Wow, which sucks. Let me tell you, it'll be a nice paycheck though. Yeah, I'm not going to complain. But well, and then I showed up on on Saturday, uh, and I was a little early. He goes, "You are early." It's like, well, yeah. He goes, "You're leaving at seven tonight." <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cut okay. out that overtime. Yeah, well, they apparently, initially it was, yeah, sure, come in, work all day. And then did the numbers, went, oh, my God. Is <laughs> <laughs> that much for paying this kid? So, um, yeah. He would, I, I, <laughs> now, here's the fun story is I've got all these little projects. I'm going to do this, one, do this, one, do this. Blu-ray, which need reorganizing. It needs alphabetization horribly. It just, I, keep, I just walk through the store. I can walk through any aisle in my store right now and go, out of place, out of place, out of place, out of place. I'm not looking. I'm just picking things up that I know are out of place because it's that bad. And uh, I'm going to work on all this Thursday. No. You know what happened Thursday after inventory? I transferred out all of our overstock. Twelve boxes of overstock stuff that we just have too many of. And as soon as I finished the last box of overstock, the UPS guy arrived with this week's shipment. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I spent the rest of the day receiving. So I spent all day long getting rid of product and then turning around and receiving product. <laughs> and I told him that story. He goes, yeah, you should just pretty much plan on doing that Thursdays from now on. It's like, I don't want to do this Thursday. I, wanted, I got other things I got to get done. So, Oof. so that part not of it. 16-hour days. No, not 16-hour not days. No, no. But You're Art Vandalay. <laughs> <laughs> really You're in imports, and then you decided yeah. to... Do more of a focus on exports. Yeah. You're an importer-exporter. I'm an importer-exporter. <laughs> Just from a very small, centralized location. <laughs> I, 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 I don't think I moved from in front of that computer for 15 of the 16 hours. It really sucked. I like how the new Blu-rays look. Thanks. The section. They're, they're coming along. Moving the TV separately and then the kids. Yeah. It's coming like along. It. You probably didn't see me when I slept in there Saturday. Real Today? Quick. No, Saturday? No, yeah. I didn't see anything you were Saturday. Busy. <laughs> I didn't bother you. I had my, well, Saturday was yet another of the long line of, oh, so-and-so's called in. Yeah, sure. We'll just, we'll just, we'll just go. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Ricardo really wanted me to close for him. It's like, I'm not closing. I have, I have adult day night plans tonight. I, I, can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't close. Well, what if you stayed until, no, no. <laughs> I've already been told I'm leaving. <laughs> That's seven. I need to go. But, um. So we did that, and then we came over here and uh, had it very, very enjoyable. I, I think we had to make that a regular thing. Yeah, I think so, too. Or at least as regular as, you know, kids' as, schedules as can, can, yes. can, can allow for. And so, um, maybe not Monopoly. We'll, we'll look into getting uh, Settlers of Catan if one of you guys want to pick up the expansion pack. That way six people can play. Yeah. What would I do with an expansion pack? We could rotate in a week at our house, and then we wouldn't have to send our kids anywhere. We oh, just have to go. be a little... 
quieter when Mason's in bed. Yeah. <clears throat> that would work, too. Cool. All right. Um, there's us planning our <laughs> personal <laughs> lives on the show again. You're welcome, listeners. Uh, anything like else? It? No, I think that was, I yeah, think that was pretty much it. Let's move on to news. Let's find out what happened this week. I have no idea. A couple of people passed away. Oh, yeah. Sad uh, stuff. Uh, on Thursday... Roger Lloyd Pack passed away, who was John Lumick in Rise of Cybermen Age of Steel. Also, Barty Crouch Sr. I lost a two for there. In Harry Potter. Yes, in Harry, Harry Potter. Um, at the age of 69. Yeah, he had pantry ca- pancreatic cancer is what I read. So Another Brit with cancer. That's... Something's wrong. Something in the water or something. That's just... They seem to... Every time you hear a British or even, like, European actor passing away, it's cancer and it's at a young age. I wonder what's going on. Hmm. That just makes me... Well, they drink red wine with dinner and smoke. No, 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 no. (laughs) That's not why. That's why the French are living so long, but... Huh. I don't know. That's weird. Anyway, so... Are they? They are. The French, man, you can't kill those guys. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> wow, not, okay. not that we want to kill the French. I just um, moving right along. <laughs> anyway, am I the only one that thought that came out really wrong? Yeah, well, <laughs> that came out really wrong. Uh, we'll move on, Keith. Move on. on Saturday, uh, same day, by the way, unrelated to Doctor Who. Oh uh, yeah, the actor that played the Professor on Gilligan's Island passed yeah. away. The actor that played Reuben Kincaid on Partridge Family, uh, the, the if you don't know Partridge Family, he was the band manager, passed away. And one of the Munchkins, the, one of the oh, last yeah. Munchkins from The Wizard of Oz, I was telling Sarah that I remember away somebody well. else. Who's so, a, I um, there's only one surviving Munchkin now left of all of all of them. So, and these were the a Wizard of Oz, Lollygog, Lollipop Guild, weren't they? I don't know what she was. I thought I saw that the she the was. one that's still alive is, is the yes lo- is a lot of the okay. kill. I thought the last surviving ones were because yes. they were kind of the youngest. Yeah. Mm, I thought the lollipop guild was all guys. It is. This gal was something else, but the the, uh, the one that is still alive is the last remaining is wasn't alive. He's right. It wasn't the lollipop guild. The one that died was not alive. Was not. I can. <laughs> gotcha now. He was grouping them together. But I was yes, grouping no, them together. Yeah. He's right in the sense that the one that's still living is. Was. Speaking of the Munchkins, does anybody go on and see if they can find a copy of Under the Rainbow? Over the Rainbow. <gasps> under the Rainbow. Under the Rainbow. Yeah. That's the, the Chevy Chase yeah, one, right? Yeah, yeah. I, for some reason, that popped in my Wasn't head. Wasn't it the Under other the day. Rainbow? I think it was Under the Rainbow. Yeah. Oh, I got to yeah. see that one. Oh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. That's an movie. HBO staple. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I watched it all the time. All the time. Um, yeah. <laughs> get, get chuckles now thinking of that. I don't know why. I have no idea well, why. Let's not it's, get too cheery yet. We it, have more it, dust. It, it popped yeah, in my head. And that's I was true. Aw. Now I'm sad again. Yeah. <laughs> I had um, to stay off Twitter. I really did, because every time I... It was like, oh, so-and-so, R&P. So. Yeah, gosh, and then the, when I saw, when I, I mean, I was sad about John Lumick, but when I saw the professor from Gogas, I was like, I'm done. I can't... Yeah. yeah. Uh, also was Ken True, who designed the seventh Doctor's costume, as well as revamping the third Doctor's costume. And creating the cost, first costume for the master played by Roger Delgado. He died at 77. At the age of 77. 
his first involvement on Doc- with Doctor Who was the right, Mythmaker. Okay. He died Hartnell. at 77. Age 77. Okay. Scotland. Yeah, 77. <laughs> he died at 77. Scotland. Another address. That was this, where his home is, so everyone can drive by and pay their respects. <laughs> 77. Scotland. He'll have a big question mark mode into the lawn. Yeah. Oh, no. And he assisted. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what? Oh, that was. <laughs> He helped design uh, the Cyberman story, The Invasion. He was an assistant to the designer on that. That's cool. And designed the opening story of Pertwee's second season, Terror of the Autumns. Adding more color to his costume. Well, of course, thoughts, prayers, and meditations out to their family and friends, and we will they will be missed. Right, let's move on to a little happier news. Well, <coughs> there's going to be a re- e-book, and hopefully a actual book of four stories <laughs> that's the story of Martha all over again I just know it <laughs> it's called The Tales of Trenzalor we haven't talked about death enough let's go to Trenzalor uh, again <laughs> so it's a collection of four novellas set during the 11th Doctor's centuries defending the planet Trenzalor I'm actually kind of excited <laughs> by yeah, the it's idea it's all from the point of view of Martha <laughs> Oh, wait. <coughs> um, writers include Justin Richards, who we've praised before, uh, George Mann, Paul Finch, and oh, Mark Morris. Remind me, what did Justin Richards do? Uh, he wrote the Halloween book, didn't he? No. One most recently. I, I have those. Hold on. Was what? that... Uh, that does sound familiar, though. Apollo 23. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I liked that one. I think that's the only one we've read. He's done Big Finish then or something. We've read his he name out somewhere. Else, yeah. he, he's, he's doing Plagueis. He did Plagueis uh, Cybermen, which we haven't read yet. What intrigues me... Well, it just, it just of, went yeah. away. Uh, what intrigues me... Have you seen the cover of the, the, the e-book cover? Of Tales for Trinsel? Of Tales for Trinsel. Is it an e-book? It says e-book. It does, okay. I hope it... I'm, I'm just hoping that it... It makes sense to release it as... Since it's four stories, just put... Uh, Kill some more trees. Ah. I'll print it on my new printer. <laughs> well, then get an ebook. Print it on your printer. I will if they're not going to release one. <coughs> the uh, the you cover. Bound the cover too. You could. <laughs> the cover's got a uh, crinoid on it. Oh. Each novel features a classic Doctor Who monster. Justin so Richards' story just... features the Ice Warriors. <gasps> So more than just the ones we saw. George right. Mann... There's four stories. There's four creatures on the cover. Ah. Uh-huh. George Mann's story features the crinoid. Paul Finch's features Autons. And Mark Morris's features the Mara. Well, that's clever. Well, now we have to... That's why now I we have to watch the Mara Tales before we... Oh, before I can re- read this. this. That's kind of why I got a little excited by that. Cause I thought that's February what we're 27th is when it will be released. We're not going to get to him by then. Well, maybe we could do the. You're Mar- gonna have to put off your. Uh, maybe we could do the Mara Tales in March, and we could review this in March. Maybe we could do that. Yeah, and we could do one story a week, maybe. Oh. <laughs> Even better. We're gonna have a. We're gonna have a fiftieth anniversary ebook well, in there too. True. So, I'll put too much reading on my plate. I might not get it done. <laughs> what excited me about that? Because initially I saw the Kernoid, and of course it's the classic image of you know. Spaghetti monster. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, ugh, really? And then I thought about it. I was like, a planet with no technology. 
and the crinoid's a plant. Oh, I like this plant already. This, <laughs> yes, you just yes. I'm really excited now. Did you know me? I love crinoid. Yeah. Yeah. Bring it on, Scorby. Scorby. Oh, maybe he comes and helps. A thousand points if Scorby shows oh, up. Oh, that would Trinidad be awesome. And kills everybody. <laughs> <laughs> After he gets out of that bog. He put a bomb in the center of the planet, and he's just going to blow it up. <laughs> Resulting in the crack, which trapped Gallifrey. It's Scorby's fault. So Tales of Trinsalor <coughs> comes out in February. Yes. Cool. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm looking up Justin Richards to see what else he's done. All right. Well, our next bit of news is, unfortunately, the online MMO uh, Worlds of Time is closing soon. So yes. um, if you've been playing that and you don't have a lot of time left. However, I did see that the they, the are, they are giving you some, uh, if, you, if you're a... If you've if you've paid some of the premium prices for it, they are giving you some discounts off in the uh, Doctor Who store. Yeah. I think it is, yeah, fifteen percent or something like that. Long, uh, existing players are welcome to use their earned game currency over the next two months. It will be available through the sh- uh, customer support and game maintenance will be available through the shutdown date of February twenty fourth. Yeah. Important note: that's Worlds in Time. Not Legacy. Yes. Though Legacy will not be going anywhere soon. We hope. It won't. Man, the thing's doing so well. Hey, have, if, you haven't, if, you haven't, <laughs> if you haven't done it yet, go over and vote for it, please, uh, as best app ever. Uh, in, in the puzzles game, i got to find out what the address is because um, I'm so into this game. I'm so hooked on this game. This game is so awesome. Um, <laughs> you handles yet? I, I, I did. Like, I've got every. Uh, they dropped four characters this week. Oh, that's right. Handles, and then I think two or three church soldiers, and I got, I got them all. So I'm back to, I'm back to waiting now. Well, and I, Storm I, again I, comes out at sometime this week. I, think, I, I too, saw, so. I saw that that they were going to release all these additional figures. So I went back because they said, oh, they're going to be you know series seven. So I went back into series, series seven. Six. Series six? They're in series six. They're oh, in series six. oh well, that's why I haven't six. seen them yet. Yeah. I went back into I, I misread it because I thought they're in seven. So I went back into seven and started playing. And I'm wondering if there's not a finite number of peoples that they can set up for this. Because man, I got like four new character drops. See, I've gone back as and soon as I went and played the level. It was like boom, 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 boom. People that I've been trying to unlock forever, <laughs> just one after another after another. Like, all right, too. rock on. And maybe it's because I still have so many people backed up in the pipe that I haven't got out yet. <laughs> that they went, oh, there's new people. You better push some of these guys out. So I still can't get Cleopatra, but I got uh, the two worthless soldiers and one of the worthless kids. And um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still missing a lot of those. I just recently got Clara. People I will never play with. Bestappever.com. That's simply what it is. I don't, can't believe I didn't remember that. Um, right now it is competing in the uh, best puzzle game category. And the nominees right now are Cut the Rope 2, Scurvy... I can't read. It's cutting off the rest of... Scurvy Savages? Silv- no, I'm not sure what it is. Uh, Doctor Who Legacy, Device 6, uh, The Room 2, Dots, a game about concentration, Tiny Thief... 868 hack, black bar of the room. That's it. Go in there and vote. Best app ever, because it really is, and I love it. And I'm voting again because I think this is the next round that has come up. Yep, sure is. Cool. So hopefully it'll keep moving on and it will be number one. Uh, there will be also representatives at Galley One. <gasps> Legacy? Legacy. Reps? Tiny Rebel Legacy Games reps. people are going to be at- promoting the game and giving out lots of goodies to attendees. <gasps> Oh, I'm going to book my tickets now. 
<laughs> I'm serious, man. These guys are. Oh, I love this game. It's awesome. Um, cool. Can you see if you can snag me some stuff? Sean? <laughs> yeah, get an interview. I'll, I'll bring you bring your promotional yeah. swag bag. Yeah, yeah bring me some swag. See if you can get an interview with them. Ooh, yeah, be... get an interview. Get an interview. Get an interview. Did you? Did I show you that? Probably saw we posted it. Look at the bottom. Uh, holy shnikes! <laughs> If you haven't seen it on the Facebook page. I've never seen a double-digit combo. <laughs> I got a 20 combo the other day. so And I snapped a uh, picture of it on my phone. Anyway, we're back. We should get roped back into Legacy. We're talking about Legacy again. Okay. Um, so, oh, World's, time, World's in Time. We are... <laughs> say, oh, we didn't add that. We should oh. have added that the uh, handles... Uh, was announced oh, and, and came down on Friday, and so Storm he's a droppable character. Dark Lord Storm, of Storm, Storm, Stormageddon will be in a future ad. Yeah, not on there yet, but I, un, my understanding from the uh, email was it was in the next coming weeks. And they're so taking suggestions of costumes to release and, and which doctors we want to see. In fact, you can yeah. vote on which yeah, doctor they, they released a poll. War Doctor. Was it part of the poll? Was it? Yeah, he was. Oh, it was part of the poll. Yeah, that's I right. don't know. I haven't yeah, seen I think it. Was part of the poll. It was all the options. It was everything. I think it was everything, everything left. That everybody but Capaldi. Ooh, yeah. No, Capaldi was on there too. Was he? <gasps> yes, Peter he was. Cushing. Capaldi with no Cushing. Peter Cushing. Shaka Doctor. Shaka Doctor so fits Uncle in this. Not on he even there. looks like he yeah. could be on. The, he stepped <laughs> off the pages of Legacy. That would be awesome if they did that, but I don't know. Anyway, what, what was the name of this uh, website that I have to go to? Bestappever.com. Best app. Two app. Two peas an app. Yes. Two peas in app. Uh-huh. Uh, Glenn shared a link on Facebook. I did, just now, because I voted again, because it's the second or the next round. Oh, is there more Welcome to around? Best Ever. I think there ever. was, because these, were, these weren't ones that it was up against the other day. So. Oh, so it's moving on. It is moving on, apparently. Or I, I, okay. Did you not get there? I got somewhere. Go to Facebook and then click on my link. Okay. All right, and then <laughs> Keith's got some news uh, about some DVD. Uh, uh, recently found Web Planets, Web of Fear. Not I totally what thought. they found Web Planet. <laughs> oh my gosh, was that missing? What? I wait. Web Planet wasn't missing. I, I have oh, to be honest. <laughs> okay, I'm looking for your link, so I'm only half listening. To you. <laughs> I know we covered this in show notes, so I know theoretically what's coming up. DVD news. You said recently found and then trailed off. And the back of my head went, what did they find? (laughs) (laughs) And I started to pull away right as you said, web something. And my brain went, filing cabinet, filing cabinet, filing cabinet. That's not missing. (laughs) They found it. Maybe they found the extra piece. No. (laughs) An extra piece of Web Planet? There wasn't wasn't even a piece uh, missing. Oh, Web Web of Fear. Fear is still the the, the animate the one, right? I got you. Yes. Okay, so. Are they animating it? Well, that's. Look closely at this release. Instead, what he's going to give us is we finally have a North American release date for a pardon me, not North American because it's in Canada. A U.S. release date for Web of Fear. Yes, is Web of Fear Canada a new enemy? It is. Yes, Uh, is it? I thought so. Wasn't that also? It's got a twenty dollar MSRP. I thought it was available there. But there's still no release date. North American release. Excuse me. There's no U.S. release date for Enemy of the World. No, there isn't. No, there isn't. Okay, so it doesn't say if it's for sure being animated, but it says we'll likely fill the gap by recreating the missing episode using animation and seeking it's a restored recording of the audio. Mm. So finalized extras and package aren't, aren't available, 
But there's the key art is available, is what it's called, which is kind of the art before they put the logos on it. Right, right. right. There it is. Lens link. <laughs> Down. So I that's exciting. I already have yeah, it. I'm excited. I've, I can't wait to own that. Although I I've already owned it on iTunes. Oh, rats and currently <laughs> I've already voted for it. Yeah. Apparently, it tells to... me I've previously voted for Doctor Who Legacy for best puzzle game. Well, you guys are on top of it then. All Good right. job. All right. Well, should we move on to feedback? Feedback. First up, London I sent in a message saying, Hello, Vortex. Uh, I mean, Vorkansans. That's it, Vorkansans. <laughs> I admit I have been wanting to spend more time listening to your podcast than, I, than writing to them. But rest assured... Listening to podcasts, then writing to them. But rest assured, I have listened avidly since I discovered your podcast several months ago. I keep coming up with things to comment about, but never write them down. I do remember some things from listening to the recent episodes. A few episodes ago, you discussed the Cybermen and spare parts. There was a discussion of what the first cyborg was, and apparently the Cybermen and Tenth Planet were the first ones televised. According to the Wikipedia, the American show Wild, Web, Wild West got the first cyborg on TV earlier the same year as Synth Planet. The first one that came to mind, however, was the Tin Woodsman, best known as the Tin Man of Oz. I've always considered the character, now more than 100 years old, to be the first cyborg. Similar to how the Cy- Cybermen came about, the Tin Man came into being as different body parts of his were replaced after accidents with a bad enchanted axe. Apparently, there are cyborgs much older than the Tin Man, including one created by Poe. The Tin Man of Oz was indeed the first to make it to television in one TV series and two made-for-TV movies in the early 1960s. Can't really see any connections between the Tin Man and the Cybermen, though Cybermen and New Who resemble the Tin Man more than previous models, and are a lot more clanky. (laughs) (laughs) In a more recent podcast, someone mentioned the prospect of having a 50th Doctor Who anniversary like the 40th had been. That is, with little at all. Considering such an unfortunate alternate reality, with no restart of the show in 2005, I thought of something that might be a little different. Peter Davison perhaps still would have made a version of the five-ish Doctors, but perhaps with Paul McGann more involved, involved a lot more, as he had no Night of the Doctor project to take his time. Fortunately, we got a lot more on the 50th than anyone during the Doctor Who 40th anniversary would have imagined. And I don't think the upcoming Star Trek 50th anniversary celebration will nearly be as good. Keep up the good work, Mayor of Othar. Very good. Thanks, Mayor. Thank you, Your Honor. Your loyalness. <laughs> Which, and if you haven't seen, it's on our Facebook page. He sent in a video of uh, him unboxing That's right. his vinyl figure. He got, ironically enough, the... Eighth Doctor, yeah. which he uh, says in the video, if you haven't seen it on, face, on yeah, Facebook yet, is, the, is his Doctor, because that was the first one that he uh, he saw. So, Did we... Did, now, maybe I, I'll, I'll wait. I'll hold on on that for a minute. Okay. I have something, but I don't want to spoil it, so I'll, I'll wait. Oh, okay. Well, then go ahead and read Brittany's <clears throat> email, and then we can get to that. Yeah, good. You're thinking what I'm thinking. Uh, Brittany writes, here it is. 
Of course, I would get it the day after you record, but here's my pick this time. It's Doctor Number 9, the first Doctor I ever watched, and he had me at run. Thanks for doing the contest and for the awesome prize. There's no need to apologize for the lateness of it. Holidays are crazy. I hope there are going to be more contests in the future. Please. LOL. And she sent a pic of her nine. Not what I was going to spoil. shared on Facebook also. Yes. Didn't we manage to get, <laughs> through a weird bit of serendipity, everybody who got one, didn't they comment that that was like their first doctor? Well, I went back to Holly's and she doesn't say that Alexa, she got 11. She yeah. doesn't say that Eleven was her first Doctor, but I can't remember if she ever stated uh, where she either. started, whether she started the series with Eleven or not. So, Holly, well, if you're going to let us know. Let us know if if that if Eleven was your first Doctor, that's kind of actually spooky. <laughs> <laughs> that, that all of them the got fact, their first Doctor. And, and, and if, two out of three I mean, is I've had that on purpose. <laughs> and, and and if Eleven wasn't your first Doctor, lie to us <laughs> <laughs> and say he's your favorite. Don't lie, lying is not nice. <laughs> this important public service announcement. <laughs> All right. Very good. Well, congratulations, Brittany. Are you and ready for the novel? Holly and Chris. Huh? Alex is next. Alex is next. And he wrote a, a long one. Oh, Alex writes, then I'll get right to it. The clock has struck 12. Hey guys, Alex here, wishing everyone at Traveling the Vortex a belated Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. And inoffensive, non-specific winter festive period. I personally have had a very hectic winter holiday, which is why I'm only just getting around to sending in my review of Time and the Doctor now. I know it's basically February at this point. Well, not quite yet. I honestly thought that once I started going back to college, things would calm down a bit and I'd have time to send in some feedback. But it turns out that college life is, in fact, more hectic than holiday life. Who knew? I did. <laughs> anyway, here's a few of my thoughts on the time of the Doctor. First, things first. I get that the three, the X of the Doctor <laughs> stories from the uh, Loose Trilogy, and I like that. Uh, he's referring to the... Form a Loose Trilogy. Yeah, the X of the Doctor. Yeah, Form a Loose Trilogy. It's actually a quadrilogy the because you have to include of Night of the Doctor. Well, yes, it's true. No, I don't think you do. Yes, you do. No, because I'm going back and Night is just a clever way to prelude day, but it doesn't really act as a quad. Because the story centers around uh, the 11th Doctor. And all of those have that in common except for that. So uh, there, there's a reason for that. We'll, we'll discuss it later because I actually went back and watched all of them myself recently. And I like that. But I think that a much better title for this episode would have been The Man Who Stayed for Christmas. Oh, that would have been a good yeah, That's a good title. Sean still likes Silent Night. I did like Silent Night. <laughs> <laughs> it's less melodramatic and a lot more fairy tale, and I think it suits the story and the 11th Doctor much better. The episode was, as Dr. Phil described it, a Christmas fable, and as such, I think they slightly that a slightly more fable-esque title would have been more appropriate. That aside, I really enjoyed the time of the Doctor. It has its flaws, but ultimately it's a top-notch send-off for one of the most talented actors to ever step on board the TARDIS. Smith quite right, rightly stole the show in this episode, giving his best performance, arguably the best Doctor performance to date. He was young and old and silly and clever and dangerous and euphoric and all the things that make the Doctor the brilliant man that he is. For me, the, start, the tears started rolling at you must patch the telephone device back through the console unit and reached a crescendo at I will always remember when the Doctor was me. 
His final five minutes or so in particular were complete perfection. Not only was Smith immensely moving, but the dialogue was heartfelt and beautifully written. I was kind of hoping that the Doctor would finish up with, Because I am the Doctor. Which would have been all kinds of crazy awesome. But you can't have everything. It would have been good to work that song in. <laughs> oh. I, I am the Doctor. Yeah. You know? Jenna Coleman, who gave, also gave an excellent performance, how many actresses can deliver such an emotional speech to a crack in a wall? And I really like how relatable Clara has become in the past two stories. I've always liked Clara, but her impossible girl arc in Series 7 meant, uh, meant I was never quite sure if I could trust her. With, the clear, with that cleared up, she's free to be her own person at last, rather than a plot thread to be resolved. And that distinction really shone through these episodes. The little scenes with her family were golden, and just enough to show us why Clara loves traveling so much. The overbearing father, the doozy... Is it doozy? Dozy. Dozy? Doozy. Doozy. Okay. The doozy grandmother, the downright wicked stepmother, <laughs> and a sense of isolation from her own family that I'm sure most people have felt at one point in their lives or another. All I can say is I'm really looking forward to seeing her return with Capaldi next season. Speaking of Capaldi, those eyes, that voice. Does anyone know how to fly this thing? <laughs> we may have only gotten 30 seconds or so of the 12th Doctor in action, but I am absolutely over the moon with him. I can't wait to see what he brings to the role, and watching the shift in dynamic between Clara and the Doctor following the regeneration should be interesting. And whilst, they're talk and whilst we're talking about regeneration, there's been a lot of negative chatter online. Isn't there always? But I, for one, love the speedy, boom, new doctor, unexpectedness of it. It was new and innovative and surprised everyone, as Doctor Who should always endeavor to do. I agree with you. Totally agree. And it makes sense in this story. As for the story of this episode, I found it extremely heartwarming and suitably epic for Eleven's final outing, though it does suffer, suffer structurally from repetition and tries to char excuse me tries to cram an awful lot of exposition into the viewer's head very quickly. There is something of a recurring problem in Moffat's stories in that he ties up too many loose ends too quickly, resolving the story but not giving the viewer any emotional payoff. Case in point is the exploding TARDIS. We find out that it was the silence who blew up the ship. Called it. <laughs> but the information is delivered to us in such a throwaway manner that it doesn't feel like a satisfying resolution. It's like reaching the last chapter of a murder mystery and finding an author's note explaining who killed who and how they did it. It resolves the story but doesn't give the characters in the story an emotional payoff. Reading back over what I just wrote, it seems as if I had a lot of problems with <laughs> the time of the Doctor, but I can honestly say I didn't. By and large, I love the story from its music to its production design to its fairy tale tone and setting. It wasn't the best Doctor Who in the world, certainly, but it was a fitting tribute and swan song for Eleven, and in the end, that's all that matters. I don't think he needed to rewrite that, because I don't think he did. I think he just had that small issue with it, so... Yeah. Anyway, um, going on. Well, I was going to squeeze in my reviews of Planet of the Giants and a big hand for the Doctor into this email, but I've rambled on too much and already am. Oh, already, and I'm sure you guys have other feedbacks to read as well. I was pretty much going to agree with everything you guys said. Planet of Giants was fun, pacey adventure, 
with excellent production design, and a big hand would have been a wonderful little Doctor Who story if not for the completely inappropriate tone. If the tale had been told from another character's perspective, I would have been fine with it, but the fact that it was told from the first Doctor's point of view made the whole thing feel ridiculously out of character. That's, all That's for a really me. interesting way to fix that, quite yeah. honestly. I yeah. hadn't thought of that until he said that. But Being from someone else's pr- perspective, it, it, it would have worked a lot. That really maybe. fixes maybe a lot Jay of Maybe J.M. Barry. Yeah. <laughs> and he uh, <laughs> embellished things yeah. in his mind. That would have been really yeah, cool. I think so. That's all for me for now. One day I might review something at the same time as you guys, but today it's not that day. <laughs> Happy traveling. Alex. P.S. When I was listening to episode 158 the other week, I kept getting a reoccurring image in my head of Barbara opening her door at the hotel in the God Complex and being confronted with a pile of giant (laughs) seeds and a scientist saying, if a human were to touch these seeds, who knows how devastating the consequences would be. Just felt I had to share that image with you guys. Uh, yeah, that's certainly true. Brilliant. Awesome. <laughs> Up next, Holly. She writes, "Hey guys, just want to warn. This might be a little long, little on the long side for me. So my apologies to whomever has to read my email. Great last last pod, pod last podcast. Loved." The are you fit to be the doctor's companion for Adric bit. Just got the lives and the time of the doctor's book by James Gross and Steve Tribe. I've just started a section on the third doctor. It's good. And it's in a way almost like a diary. The first doctor's section has diary entries by Susan and the doctor himself along with pictures of some of the episodes and adventures. The second doctor had some of his own personal entries and then transcripts of his trial with the Time Lords at the end of the War Games. Before moving on to the next Doctors, there's little interviews or comments about that Doctor's era from the actors, writers, and crew uh, crew members. I'm just reading the excerpt uh, section from the Brig in the Third Doctor's era. I page to the rest of the book, and it looks, and it does look to be look too full of good stuff. Once I'm finished, I'll try to write up more of my thoughts as a whole on the book. On to the reviews. I think I've heard of this book. Which Have you, one is it? The Life and Times of the Doctors? Yeah, I haven't heard of that. The Lives and Time of the Doctors. I'm going to look that up, because that sounds really interesting. Yeah, definitely let us know more about it when you uh, when you get there, Holly. Yeah. State of Decay. I'm sensing a vampire theme again from the opening minutes of this episode, and I don't think I'm going to be proven wrong. Nope, not proven wrong at all. <laughs> I'm a little surprised that the TARDIS didn't alert the Doctor and Romana to the fact that Adric stood away on her, unless they knew and were just waiting for Adric to make his presence known. I love the little conversation between Adric and K9, although Adric probably would have been a bit better off staying put in the TARDIS. But I also think all the Doctor's companions have selective hearing when it comes to the stay in the TARDIS. When those words get uttered, they don't stay put. I wasn't too thrilled with Adric when he let Romana get captured. I was doing that to rescue you. Uh-huh, sure you were. I think that those when those vampires offered you a chance at eternal life, you were all for it. At least these vamps weren't of the fish variety. The doctor and canine touched on some of the vampire mythologies to find out that there are 
that the Time Lords could be the first vampire slayers was an interesting twist. All in all, not a bad story. Wrath of the Iceni. A historical audio with the Doctor and Leela landing right in the middle of a war between the Romans and the Britons. The discussions that Leela and the Doctor had about telling Boudicca the truth about what was going to happen to her and her people were well done. Leela really wants to save them and, re- and tell them what's going to happen. But the Doctor knows what's going to happen and he knows that if he tells them he could have quite the effect on the whole, of his- whole history of the world. I wasn't too surprised when Leela decides to leave the Doctor and pledge her allegiance to Boudicca. The scene near the end when Leela gets the Doctor to tell Boudicca her fate and actually helping free the Doctor was a nice little twist. Leela for being a warrior and just learning the finer aspects of the world around her has sure picked up on the double agent part of her things pretty quick. Leela also learns that not all leaders are true to what they promise their people and trust advisors. I like Bragnar and her interactions with both the Doctor and Leela. That Bragnar was telling this story to her children at the end and mentioning that it was the song of the Doctor and Leela and that they would never be forgotten as long as this song was sung was a very nice touch and kind of ties things back into New Who nicely. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on these two stories, Holly from Wisconsin. Very good. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Holly. Thank you. And I'm also going to look up that book because that does sound interesting. The Doctor, His Lives and Times is what it's called. Huh. Very cool. Yeah, and we're certainly want to hear uh, yeah your full thoughts on the book when you finish. Up next is Chrissy. Now with 100% less body glitter. Dear Vortex Boys, forget the feedback song. I think the Who Wants to Be a Companion Game show segment should make a regular appearance. That was hilarious. Are we getting something? Else? I keep getting... <laughs> I think it's because the window's open and you're hearing people outside? outside. But I don't hear it when I take my headphones out. That's what's weird. See, I, but I'm hearing it, though. Oh, okay. So it has to be that. Okay. Sorry, Chrissy. Didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> uh, game show segment should make a regular appearance. That was hilarious. Though I guess Adric is the only one that would really work with. If you tried it with anyone else, it'd just be mean. <laughs> <laughs> And they'd pass. I, well, that's just it, Chrissy. As I'm, I'm pretty sure other companions would probably score a little higher. <laughs> oh, Adric. Wrath of the Asini. I can say without reservation that this is my absolute favorite Fourth Doctor audio story Big Finish has done. And I'm including the companion chronicles from the Fourth Doctor era that I've listened to. Leela is 100% in her element. It's like she's meeting a childhood hero that she only just learned about. Hey, I'm certain if Leela had grown up knowing about Boudicca, she would have had posters of the woman all over her bedroom wall. Um, if young warrior girls in the Subateam tribe had posters on their bedroom walls. Anyway, Leela actually gets to be the warrior girl in the story, and not just the ignorant savage who doesn't know science and trips over big words, and everyone else kind of laughs at her. The whole thing reminded me a lot of Fires of Pompeii with the Doctor refusing to interfere with fixed points in history, and Leela staying behind to use her knowledge of the future to save people. It's very well written and well acted, and I'm really impressed by it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but as far as I know, this is the first pure historical story that Tom Baker's been in. But I really enjoyed it. I hope Big Fish is going to do more like it. 
Glenn, you um, you back up the claim on the pure historicals for for Tom? Uh, I was yeah, thinking about you it. can't count Talons, I guess. No, because that's not alien influence there. Yeah, or future futuristic. I, this is most definitely the first. I think. Now, as far as Big Finish doing more, they might have done more in the line. So far as I can tell. But there was no televised. I don't think there's been a true historical televised since uh, Hartnell's era. uh, Black Orchid. Oh, yeah, I guess there. Yeah. I guess I'll say. But not for Tom. I think you're you're right, Chrissy. I I cannot. I've been racking my brain since you asked. Since Hartnell's era, they've been very few and far between. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, Black Orchid, I think, is the the only other one. Yeah, I think no. Well, yeah, I think the Highlanders is the last one. Okay, well, well, missing technically. Yeah, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I was since since early the early since black and the white black era. White era. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now I need to go read up on Queen Boudicca. She sounds fascinating. <laughs> State of decay. This story has some really good ideas. I love the concept of the civilization having regressed technologically and how things get messed up in translation through the years. If you study history and literature long enough, you start to see how texts lose certain meanings and people start disagreeing how things are supposed to be read and traditions start going off the rails from what they are originally meant to be. So I really like how this story used that concept. However, I don't think they spent as much time on it as they needed to, and that kind of left the ending a little thin and unsatisfying. It would have been a nice ending if the rebels had learned where they came from, but the Doctor and Romana kind of kept that from themselves, to themselves. Another thing I wish they'd have done more with, but Big Finish has picked up that torch a bit, so I can't complain too much, is the lore of the conflict between the Time Lords and the Vampires. It has a nice start in this story, but it never really gets revisited on TV, at least not that I know of. Maybe we'll get some of it in New Who with the search for Gallifrey. Then again, Twilight has kind of ruined vampires for the general populace, so the Doctor Who production team might not ever want to go there again. <laughs> oh yeah, Adric's in this one, but he gets captured and almost turned into a vampire. That sentence is a lot funnier than it probably ought to be. <laughs> but I have to say that I can take his character a bit more seriously with the change in costume. Just a bit, though. Anyway, State of Decay has some good concepts and ideas that they probably had intentions of expanding, but never really did, and that's a shame, because there's some really great stuff here. I guess that's what fanfic is for, right? Take care, guys. Chrissy. Very good. Thank you, Chrissy. All right, well, that's it for feedback. Let's move on to our reviews. State of Decay first. Let's do Raph, because... I was, actually just, I was doing it in chronological, chronological order. order. Yeah. Huh, okay, that works the, the story would have happened before Romana. Nor, Norfolk, C. 60 AD. The Roman occupation of Britain. The Doctor and Leela are at odds with each other after meeting the warrior queen of the Iceni tribe, Boudicca. Dun, dun, dun. It's not a very good description. Though. No, not really. <laughs> it's not an exciting description. It, do, it doesn't explain it, it, anything it, about what's going on. It's apt, yes. They are at odds when they meet Boudicca. <laughs> well, it, 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 that, that description almost feels like one of the generic TARDIS lands on planet X, Doctor and Companion Y meet <laughs> character Z. That's really all you needed to do is fill the blanks well, out. We've never, we've never actually reviewed the synopses of the story. That's, so. that's true. <laughs> well, we've, we've always mentioned how if it's a oh, good yeah, synopsis no, about it. But, I mean, we, we've never felt that we the need to review that. <laughs> I agree. This was a very enjoyable story. It's a great Leela story. 
I think, more than anything else. It really gives Leela a chance to shine and kind of grow as a character and learn. And while the Doctor has some great moments, it's mostly him trying not to be there and having to, which is always kind of entertaining. I think. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> and especially when, when it's Tom and all those great lines of trying to get out of, of finding ways to leave and whatnot. There's a lot of um, a lot of stuff that worked in this, and I'll, I'll be honest, I was a little... Uh, it's a historical. <laughs> Didn't even think about the fact that it's Tom's historical. It just, it, uh, it's a historical. Okay, here we go. And um, I, I, too, was very, very, very much reminded of Pompeii. There was a lot of... Well, I think it helps that Pompeii influence, I think. Fires the Vulcan was probably the most recent pure historical audio we've listened to. So I, that probably helps us it could a little be. bit. But just the idea that, you know, e- e- even at this stage in the game, the Doctor's having those mental exercises with himself of, you know, surely I could say one. Surely one would be all right. One wouldn't damage the timeline. And comes down on the side of, yeah, okay, let's do it. Yeah. Which Tim didn't. Which Tim didn't. It took Donna to convince yeah. him. Although there's a really, really, this is completely off topic. No, no, kind of off topic, but it's a really fun fan theory dealing with why Capaldi, his face keeps showing up in Who. The current prevailing fanfic, if you will, um, is that the character he plays in Fires of Pompeii actually is the Doctor. And that he lands in Pompeii and loses the TARDIS. But he knows that he's going to be showing up, and so he's set everything up to be rescued by Ten. <laughs> that's why he buys the TARDIS. And that's why. Because... And somebody mentioned that the fact that the TARDIS has this perception field, and that people are supposed to ignore it most of the time. But yet, this guy went ah art and brought it into the house. <laughs> <laughs> and so Ten comes and rescues him, and they go off. And I thought, you know what? I'm, I, yeah, absolutely, I'll buy that. He's why not? quite quiet after he gets rescued. He doesn't really say much. No, he doesn't. He doesn't explain who this family is that he's clobbed onto, but <laughs> maybe they're his who knows tra- how long he's been there. Maybe they're his traveling companions at the time. <laughs> maybe he's going to have a full house TARDIS later. You know, and, you know, the only problem with that theory is the post scene, yeah, of them <laughs> in Rome or wherever. Well, maybe they've got a couple more years to k- kick around before the TARDIS shows back maybe. up. <laughs> I just I thought that was a lot of fun, but th- this story uh, had a lot for me. I think of. Of, of fires of Pompeii with the kind of the back and forth and dealing with the people of their time. I loved Leela. Uh, I've said that before that I think Louise Jameson does a really good job. And while she definitely sounds older, she still sounds like Leela to me of all of the, the audios that we've listened to with all of the companions with the possible exception of Turlo. I think Leela's probably the best at still channeling that character. And maybe it's because she's such a different character than, you know, everybody else on the ship. Because it's kind of easy to be savage, but I don't. I just she talks. I hear Leela. I mean, I just yeah. I, I just do. I would agree. And I thought she had a really, really good arc in this with being so not headstrong, but st- stuck to her ideals. It wasn't so much a matter of of her, you know, warrior beliefs, but just this is right, and what you are doing is wrong. As so many companions, as Donna was, you know, very passionate about it. To leave the doctor, but not leave him in a lurch, yeah. and then on her own come about seeing that he was right, and that you know maybe this woman wasn't so and nice. A great scene, yeah. Um, I yeah, I really 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 like that. 
And I thought Tom was was wonderful. I thought he did. This this to me has kind of been the most Tom like. I think of, I of the fourth yeah, Doctor. I would agree, hundred <laughs> percent. Playing I spy, mm-hmm. I spy, and roof, doing roof. Later, <laughs> 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 then calling back. I spy our roof. Where is a roof? <laughs> We're outside. <laughs> and she says, "Road." It was a test. I and thought I, maybe I, I tripped you up on that yeah. one. <laughs> um, I really like Bragnar. Yeah, she I, was. I, I, if if it wouldn't screw, companion, if, right if, if it wouldn't screw things up, I would have loved to see her join them and then leave off later. Because she would have been a great. I thought she was going. Lisa. I had a moment of maybe they. She was an Adam, and she trailed on for a couple of stories, yeah. and then they let her go. Well, you know, I guess I mean it's not too outside of the realm for them to do that. I mean, they did that with the uh, fifth Doctor and Perry, and what's her face, Aram. Aaron, Aaron, yeah, that's Aaron. right. So yeah. I mean, it could, it could. I, mean, it's, it's I think possible. that's where I maybe got that from. Yeah. I, I, I have, have we expected her? On the flip side of that, I kept painting in my head this picture of you got two of like two similar, yeah, similar companions. So that might have been. But it almost seemed like Romana and K nine were not similar at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or Adric and all three of them. Or Adric and Nisa. <laughs> um. I like this. But it like seemed it. like Bragnar would help also educate Leva to some extent. Because while Bragnar was kind of a... She was a savage from a savage time. She seemed to be more advanced than anyone else, I thought. Well, the, the contrast me. there, too, would be Leela's warrior-like persona and Bragnar's peaceful persona. Because she yes. didn't want to fight. She, well, she was a chef. Yeah. So... Um, I don't have much more to say than you guys do about this because you guys have kind of hit on it. I, I agree with you that I think Tom is totally in his element. This is the first story of the three that we've listened to of the uh, Fourth Doctor audios where I really felt like he was the just everything that the Fourth Doctor needed to be. I really like the perspective that, that Leela brings to this. I think that this is really paints... This really does more for Leela than any of her stories has done before as far as characterizing her and kind of bringing her to the forefront, giving us uh, more of what she's like and how... I mean, she's even learning from this situation, even though she almost turns on the Doctor completely and, and goes. And the other thing that I like about this is I always felt in the back of my mind that the, the, the Doctor had a plan, and it's almost solidified at the end when he kind of reveals that you know he he didn't he didn't quite lie but he did he didn't it, he didn't he kind of mis- misled her as that this was the battle that she was going to die in and, and so she kind of gave he gave the wrong information on this and so i kind of liked that and i almost got this impression that the doctor was kind of letting this play out even though he was being very stoic and not you know i, I can't tell him being very stubborn and I almost felt like he was kind of letting this play out for Leela's sake, so that she would um, gain something she was from really it. Like, because, yeah, yeah I mean, it, knowing that her going and pledging allegiance to um, uh, Boudica, she would then in turn find out her real nature. And it's something that, that the Fourth Doctor couldn't just tell her to, and teach her, that she would have to experience that himself. Or herself, so I think that, that that worked out really well too. And just kind of in the back, maybe it's because I set the fourth doctor on such a pedestal, but in the back of my mind, it felt like that he was almost kind of 
letting this play out well, because he knew it would it would it would help her learn as well. And it's not until I didn't think of this until now. It makes sense that he kind of lets her do that and isn't more adamant of trying to talk her out of it, knowing that oh she she's not going to her battle. death. <laughs> yeah. she's, she's she's legally will likely survive this. Right, and th- and that's while well, listening to it, kind of felt off to me that he was so willing to let Leela go join up and go die yeah. horribly, maybe and maybe that's why in the back of my mind he, I kept saying, he, yes. "Ah, she's yeah." And I, I I kind of did buy into the fact of oh, so this is what's going to happen, and somehow Leela's going to survive this horrific battle, and then she's going to leave with the Doctor, and I was kind of pleasantly surprised that he lied to her. Yeah. That I I, I like that twist to it. I didn't expect it. I don't know that he lied. Well, he, he, lie. he lied. He just he kind of misdirected. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm 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 the, I'm the same way. I thought uh, that the the lessons learned, which is one of the things that I thought was really kind of nice, shoehorning these stories in between um, Talons and whatever the follow up to that one was, um, really kind of makes sense, and, and it allows them to really embellish Leela's arc as, as a character. Yeah. But but this one in particular, and, and the Doctor even comments on it, enough of the you know, museums and this and that, we're, we're going to go, mm-hmm. you're going to go experience history now. And getting that out of it was, was, was really kind of a nice way of pushing that to the forefront. And like you say, Glenn, just allowing her to some, you know, <laughs> to, to really, really work on the education. Some of this you got to do on your own. Yeah. And so here it is, you know. So... I liked that. Although I will say that Boudica, I, I, have, I, I have to I agree with Chrissy. Though. I'm kind of curious to, I've not, to look I've up never, because yeah. I don't know if this is. I mean, for being a pure historical, is this a made-up historical or no, is this a, based on a, a true story? It's a, it's a real story because uh, I was listening to some of the bonus features and they they gave the story to the writer and said, "Okay, uh, we would like something historical." And he goes off, and they're like, no big rush. He wakes up in the middle of the night, Leela meets Boudicca. That's the story. And just went with it from there. So it's a real person. I wish I was smart enough to be in on these conversations. I mean, I mean just mm-hmm. to be able I to I don't go, know much about that time period. Well, see, I don't so. either. But to be able to go, oh, yeah, so-and-so. they got to meet so-and-so. And, and to have other people go, oh, oh yeah. What if, I, I'm sorry, guys. I wish I... I wish I had better co-hosts <laughs> that would be in on that with me, and I wish I was better, and that you were better, so that we could all talk high, high, high thoughts Eyebrow. of highbrow. But instead, we'll talk gutters, and <laughs> <laughs> that's why people like us. That's why people like we're, us. We're common folk. We're, <laughs> we're peasants with indigestion. <laughs> but um, now I will say this: the the queen, when she she went to deliver her speech to the troops. I passed right. <laughs> this was not an inspirational speech. This was not. I. She's revving everybody up. We're gonna go and kick some butt, and I'm like, yeah, we're gonna go do this, yeah. And every time it got to that point where I thought the speech was ending, it didn't. <laughs> and it just went on. It felt. It felt like it went on and on and on. And I think the problem was that I, I actually did fall asleep. And then I woke back up, and she was still talking, but it was probably ten minutes later in the audio, and I thought it was part of the same speech, because when I went back to listen to it, it really wasn't that long at all. But for whatever reason, it just felt like it went on, and and I I remember thinking to myself, you need a, we will not go quietly into the night. you got to have that (laughs) Independence Day presidential, boom, punchline, get off, because 
this is just taking too long, lady. If I was in your army, I'd have been bored to death by now, and I would not follow you anywhere. How's my that? To me, I thought the actress did a great job that played Boudicca, but unfortunately, <laughs> you'll always put Mel Gibson as William Wallace out <laughs> for that kind of speech, and she just could not nail that. She couldn't and nail so that I was like, I'm sorry, just not quite there. <laughs> but they anyway. take our lives, but they will not ever take our freedom. Ah! Yeah. Anything? Anything else about this one that sticks out that you guys want to talk about? Or? I don't think so. It was good. It was enjoyable. I think this is the best one so far. So the, far, I would agree. The, uh, fourth Doctor audios. So I'm I excited. Forward, they seem to be getting their momentum. And yeah. I look forward to what's next. Seeing what just the title. What is? What's the next one? Something with the Daleks. Oh well, I'm excited. <laughs> too. Just hearing that. It's it actually, doesn't matter. It's of the Daleks. It's actually no. It actually is called something of the Daleks. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Stephen Moffat, if you're taking notes. <laughs> okay, sorry, I, got, I have to go off track one more time. Speaking of Stephen Moffat and his brilliance, uh, I have no idea if this is true or not. But when uh, supposedly he told a story that supposedly the scene in the 50th anniversary where she's showing her through the black archives and she's making her comments about this technology can't be allowed to fall into the wrong hands, look what's happened. It was not going to be the Vortex Manipulator. It was going to be the two posters of the Peter Cushing yeah. <laughs> and the Dalek movies. And he said, we just couldn't afford, you know, he was making a tongue-and-play joke and working in that these are films that somebody based on the Doctor's life within continuity. But they couldn't afford the rights to the posters. <laughs> so they had to change it. I have no idea if the story is true or not, but the fact that Stephen Moffat made a joke about trying to continuitize. I saw that he mentioned wanting to try to get was just there. like, Command cool. me, Lord. <laughs> that would have been pretty cool. But he couldn't get Shock a Doctor out of Richard E. Grant yeah, as no the kidding. great intelligence. What are you I thinking? I think he tried to go there, too. Uh, All right, moving on. Sorry. The Doctor, Romana, and K9 are trapped in E space, a strange alternative, alternative, alternative universe, alternative universe, alternative universe, alternate universe. What's wrong with that? <laughs> they are unable to find an escape and do not know and do not realize that a young boy called Adric has stowed away aboard the TARDIS, arriving on a primitive planet where the local inhabitants fear the three who rule. They will soon find themselves facing a hideous creature from Time Lord legend that long that was long thought dead. Soon the Doctor must confront a blood sucking a blood sucking monster that is very much alive. I butchered that ending. Sorry, very much alive. Dun dun dun. Now go ahead, Glenn. Give it the horn. I wouldn't give it the horn. <gasps> Last week you were all about the horn. No, you made it sound like you hated the story. You made it sound like this was Spawn <laughs> of Adric. Obviously, rewatching it, it was better for him. Maybe. No, it wasn't any better. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I think I played it up last week for the dr- drama of it. But no, Lead us off, Keith. Tell us what you thought. It's, I really it's a fourth Doctor story. I don't hate any of them. I, this is way better than Full Circle. It wasn't Twin Dilemma for you? I don't, I, don't, I don't agree. <laughs> I think... It's not better than Full Circle. What? No, no, no. Conce- Here, let me start. Conce- you start let me start. You guys, can, you guys can talk it up and try to change my mind. But conceptually, it's a good idea. 
I like the idea of ancient vampires, that they are the, the, the reason behind the lore. I'm always a fan of those sort of stories, trying to take a new twist on the vampire, where there's this bigger monster, and what the offspring are what we consider Dracula and vampires, that there's a vampire beyond the vampire. I always appreciate those stories, the just because vampire. they try to do something more than, oh, look, I'm just a vampire, I'm going to suck your blood. They try to put some thought into the mythology more. So I always appreciate that when it comes to a vampire story. Sorry, continue. That's right. Um, so I, like the, I also like the fact that you know there was this great bloody vampire war between the Time Lords and uh, the vampires, essentially, and that they went out to, to basically became vampire hunters to root out the vampires throughout the universe in order to... And I, I like the idea that this one particular one fled and, and slipped into this alternate universe. I love that idea. I even sort of like the concept of having this, you know, crew, this space crew that's been essentially captured and mutated into vampire or vampire-esque servants, um, basically as a way to harvest <laughs> the peasants in order to feed him and, and rise him back to power. That's all a great concept. And that's a great idea. I like the fact that, that the the fourth Doctor and Romana being Time Lords and ultimately the same race or species that wiped the vampires out in the first place are also the ones that get to wipe this one out. Um, so all of that's great and fine. The problem with this story is it is four episodes and nothing happens. See, I thought it moved along quickly. Nothing happens. It's it's spectacle. It's it's great very it's, it's it's wonderful set design. It's great costumes. It goes nowhere. And the other thing that's always bothered me about this, and there's a reason for this, is that Adric is completely out of character in this one to me. He is completely out of character. He is he's he's a very better character. Well, he, that's just it. If he had been this <laughs> if character, he had stayed this character, if he had stayed this time. character the entire time, it would have worked. But he's smarmy. He's smart mouth. He's. But the problem is, is this is the one that was shot before Full Circle, even though Full Circle takes place, and this still had the idea of him being the artful Dodger type character. So he comes across kind of that way in this story. So I don't like Adric's portrayal in this one as well. Um, very little use of canine, which surprised him saying that. But <laughs> I mean, there's not a lot going well, on there, and he's the, he's relegated to the TARDIS in order to, which it works well that he figures out. The well, other thing I, that I think I'm surprised with was how much canine we got, considering they relegated him to the TARDIS. Well, it's, there, it, there are other stories did where you, did you watch the fourth part? <laughs> Yeah. Canine leaves and the charge. Well, and then him in that throne? That's, that's the that's where the canine game. belongs. The, the fourth story does redraw. That's the other thing, though, is 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 we have this culmination up to the, fir- the fourth story, which ends up being the best part of this, the big finale. I even like launching the rocket ship and bringing it back down to camp. That's great. The problem is the first three stories are just drawn out and slow, and they're trying to build this mystery, and I just See, I, I, I don't enjoy those. They just they they're kind of there. They're boring. I, I, I I've could, never I enjoyed see, those that much. I can see coming to it knowing this is a vampire story, seeing that mystery of what are they unfolding being very boring. I tried to watch it, and despite my comments and jokes. Keep him trying to keep out of the mind of these are not vampires. I don't know what's going on here, and I found it very enjoyable. And I, th- I thought the mystery was great and unfolded very well. Well, and, and I like the idea that that they're trying to sell 
you on the idea that they're vampires because that's kind of the direction. And they hint it, and then, yeah. yeah. Um, I think the guy that, uh, the, the actual scientist that's hiding with the rebels in the little bunker with the is technology. Is really bad come over? Well, it's, it's spaghetti here. It's braided. In his face, he looks like the Rankin and Bass uh, version of Santa Claus in Rudolph and the Red-Nosed Reindeer. If you look at him really close, yeah. he looks like okay. that Santa. That, you know, the bald. I kept the, trying to figure out where I knew him from. <laughs> I, I, I looked at this guy and went, well, he, he looks familiar like, he looks like a somewhere. cartoon character. He <laughs> looks like a cartoon character. He's that does, that, that he's certainly that, doesn't take away from the story. But I just, yeah, it's it's that little button nose, and he's got the, like, the perfectly rounded head and the beard that comes down around like this. Now, Santa's was a little longer, but this guy grown it out. He'd, he'd be a spitting image. And maybe well, take he, the spaghetti hair away. He, he, he grew it out so he could tie it up over his head. <laughs> No, it's I, I again. I don't hate this story. I, I like the ideas and the concepts. It just takes too long to come to fruition of it. All right, Keith. Wow. I'm See, I thought it trucked through the story. I, I w- there really wasn't a part in this where I was bored while watching it. Uh, well, maybe some parts where Adric was in the <laughs> village and I always find I myself struggling to keep focus. See, I on this story because well, it just there's it's not going anywhere. It's not the vampire allure. <laughs> no, They're glamoring you. <laughs> I think I, I think they would hypnotize me into watching the story if I they well, could. Just, okay. Uh, <laughs> I I like the vampire ideas in it and this the fact that they came from another planet and crashed here. I never quite so the rebe, rebe, rebellion was also from the. Like descendants of the plane crash, they're trying to get back to Earth too. Is that right? It was all. It was one big ship. That was. Yes. It was an exploratory ship from Earth to and somewhere so, and else. So the scientists got bitten by the vampire, became the and the great vampire latched and, onto the ship, and they got thrown into East Space, or maybe the great vampire brought them into East Space. You could go and go either way because it's presumed initially that it was an accident. They got yeah. there by accident. But then later, it's like, oh, maybe the great vampire actually, because well, the, he was fleeing for his life from the yeah, time. Yeah, that's wars, true. And, and the doctor did the say, well, well the knowledge of how to get out of here, I die with pressure. Yeah. He slipped out and had to come back to power. He knew how to slip back into the universe, and so that's he. In part of that plan was bringing them out into the e space. Right. So that but yeah, he he, uh, he he converted the three who rule into his kind of personal slaves to kind of take care of things and everybody else is the descendants of the original crew right yes okay yeah i thought i remember that correctly i i I like i think that's while a bit reused i mean it's kind of similar story of last week it's a much better telling it's a better better version of the one last week um so and the, Pez, uh, the the rebellion was kind of a minimal part to the story, I thought, so I was okay with it being there. And okay, we need to leave the plans to somebody, so we might as well have them there. Uh, the Doctor and Romana are wonderful in this whole thing, especially Romana is fantastic. Does um, the sur- yeah, Romana's greatness. Does this the uh, just to jump in here real quick? Does the selection thing remind you of anything though? Eighth Doctor comic. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think of that until this time I watched it. I went, oh, man, that's really <laughs> similar to that crappy piece of crap. <laughs> that, that crappy See, piece of crap I, stole it from this trying to make good yeah, comic probably. book. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so I, I think it was, the well, later thinking about it, it makes more sense. But I, I, I felt like they didn't quite explain the wasting as well as they could have. <laughs> of what, what the, so the wasting was just them taking people the to feed to the vampire. Is, 
right? The wasting. <laughs> I mean, that's all they kind of gave us, and yeah. they kind of hinted at it, and they were looking for these chosen ones, which Adric was going to be one, but they don't really spell out what they were going to do, I guess, is what I, I, I kind of got that, I, I don't, I didn't walk away going, oh, that was their plan. I was just kind of like, oh, they got defeated, so it doesn't really matter. I don't think there was any great mystery to the wasting. <laughs> I, I, I think it was a scary word, and they threw it around and went, oh, the wasting, and we knew that it was going to be bad, and the doctor was going to stop it from happening. That mm-hmm. was pretty much all we needed. I almost kind of wish Adric had been turned into a vampire and left there. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, kind of. It would have been a great ending to the character. I mean, granted, it's not crashing into a planet, but <laughs> it, it, as willing as he was and willing to sacrifice for mana, if that means he means he gets to bite her, um, <laughs> it just seemed like he was, I don't know, I don't, why Why did they save him? I just don't see the motivation for the doctor to save Adric well, and, in this story. The, the or Romana to save him, because he's willing to throw her under the bus. Well, Romana is being very Romana. She's being very, we have to go save everybody. You know, in this. So, so, so that, that yeah. part was cool. But the reaction when she says, we have to save Adric, and the doctor's like, Who? <laughs> Adric, he, he he was taking me through the, and he his actually the, the Adric like the disgust in his he voice. Was, he was pissed. Well, first of all, he barely knew Adric from the first story. I know. Yeah. And number two, the guy, the kid just stowed away on his Tardis, so he's already got two strikes against the, the, him. The, the anger and you didn't frustration impress me enough and... the first time, and you've stowed away on your on my. No, I'm gonna There's no wonder he gives him such a hard time the rest of the time with him. Oh, I really enjoyed it. it uh, I did watch some of the bonus features after I took it home. Um, ironically enough, Chrissy mentions Twilight. There's a, there's a kind of a nice bonus feature talking about lit- vampires and literary fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you watch that? Yeah, I did. Uh, back, I haven't seen it recently. Uh, ironically, back when I first bought it. it was produced in like 2009. Not a single mention of Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> the first couple of movies had been out by mm-hmm. that point. Yeah. There's a Buffy mention, no Twilight. I think it's kind of a... They're not vampires. Why would they uh, mention that? Actually, first movie wasn't. I don't think first movie released until 2010. I looked it up while watching it. I thought it was 2007. The first movie? I thought so. Maybe uh, I was looking up the book. No, because the last movie came out last year, and that was the fourth one, and they've been running them one a year, so... Maybe I was thinking of the book. They split the last book into... Oh, that was the fifth yeah. one. Yeah, you're right. So maybe it has been. 2008. One. Was the first one that came movie. out? Okay. Well, now that he reminded me that there are five, I forgot that that was. So I, 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 that was a very in, kind of interesting uh, bonus feature of them talking about this, the different history and kind of tracing back further than Dracula and even the, the novel Dracula, which I I didn't really know much of that, and I'm a decent vampire fan, so that, that was interesting. Uh, the also making of was pretty interesting. The writer intended it to be a fourth Doctor Leela story. And the BBC was making some big budget adaptation of Dracula, Dracula. and they told them nobody can do, the Doctor Who can't do Dracula, or anybody can't do Dracula in fear of, or vampires in fear that they're making fun of this. Mm -hmm. So they had to push it off. Interesting. And so the the atmosphere and mood kind of makes more sense for a third Doctor, or a fourth Doctor in Leela. It it feels like it would still fit into that that gothic uh, horror. The, aspects the to script it. Horror is three rocker. years old by this time. 
And it actually was originally called the Vampire Mutation. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now, okay, Glenn, you so are... So I, I don't know if it would have worked as well with Leela as it does with Romana. Uh, you know, I don't think it would have been as clever and witty. It, as, might, it might not have had the uh, but I think Gallifrey tie-in either. I don't know if the original script oh, did. Oh, I, I think it would have, but I think the Doctor would have figured out that the... That's the other thing I thought was kind of interesting, that for some reason they store <laughs> vampire... Information on the Type 40s, but that would well, neither here nor there. I got it was good, the and good that it happened that Rassilon way. Rassilon hid it somewhere or something. I yeah, but it, it got the impression that it wasn't just his Type 40. That it no, was, I, I kind of implied it was, it was on all, several all Type them, 40s. Uh, go ahead. What were you going to ask? You, you are or are not a vampire fan, like of the oh, genre. Here or there. Here or there. Here or there. See, I was, I'm trying to figure out if maybe that's why you're man on it and you being I, I, a, I'm, a, vampire I'm more of a vampire fan, fan. enjoyed yeah. it more. But I'm not really a big vampire fan. I, I, I could it kind depends of take on the vampire. Yeah, I mean, really, too, it kind I mean, of depends on... I'm, I could take or leave him. But I like the story. I said last week that I hadn't seen it since, you know, forever. But I remember liking it. And I remember being actually a little scared as a kid. I remember watching it and kind of the atmosphere got to me that it was it was, it was one of those creepy ones. I know you say that. I got something to... That's something I remember when I was a kid and watching this. I I I didn't hate this story then either, but I remember watching this and being upset that they weren't actually vampires too. Oh, and I don't know why that was. Hmm. Well, I was maybe in. Well, I was into horror films back then, so maybe that's why. But I I was just I, I remember distinctly now not being being actually frustrated with the fact that they that. All along, I thought they were yeah. I thought they were vampires, and they weren't. And then no, they weren't. They were like they were, they were mutations. They, they were, were vampiric, but they weren't vampires. They were like halflings. Yeah, no, exactly. they were vampires. No, no, no. The vampires the, the vamp- were the well, guy that was hit. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's the vampire. Well, he, that's he, the vampire, and it's the humanoid vampire. It's it's there's some. It was, it was a vampire mutation, the, the, just the, like the title. Well, okay, but the, the the great vampire, the one that's buried under the planet, is is kind of the. What was the? You will never ever see this bad guy in any. You know, he's the head vampire. He's the big bad. The three who rule were your kind of standard vampires. They're, they weren't vampires, though. They make that... Later, they make that uh, clear. And I can't remember exactly how it was stated. But no, they're not. They're not vampires. In fact... I've never heard them they were, not make they, are, clear. they remind me more of the... Uh, what were the sirens they were, in uh, uh, Bram Stoker's story? The ones that... The, the wives? Yeah. that They essentially got kind of the, the leftovers or the Throwaways and uh, they were kind they're, of they were almost they, they're uh, not higher functioning Redfields. Yeah, 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 like that. That's a good. That's a good analogy. I mean, that's not like I, official, but, uh, official, I, I, I got the impression while watching it too that because they they rapidly deteriorated and they did drink blood to sustain themselves, they were kind of like vampire. Genetics in human form. They were but not a true vampire. They, they were bitten vampires. Like when, when they were turned. However, you want to describe yeah, this. Yeah, they were. They, 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 they weren't were the turned. original so, vampire. So. That was the thing. Other thing. But once he bites but you and you become a vampire, that's what these people were. It, it really is splitting hairs. Yeah, I mean, they were yeah, vampires. Yeah. I mean, they, they were by any stretch ninety percent. All vampirism comes from someplace, and it's all. Bite infections. They like the idea from some is that like 
God created or Satan created vampires, and then they infected humans to carry on their bloodline, and that that's kind of the same idea. Well, yeah, that, you, I, I agree. I think you've been convincing points. The, the three who rule are vampires. I, I don't, I don't, you know, vampiric. They're not vampires. They're vampires. <laughs> they're not the great vampire. They, they're not the they, big bad. They're not the big bad. That I get. They're not pure vampires. Like, it's I no different than if Dracula... Like the, big, like the Lost Boys. If no, Dracula bit the, you and you've turned got, you... You've got you the Lost Boys and then you've got the vampire. That's a good example. <laughs> sure, if you want to look at it that way, there's still but, vampires. But the Lost Boys were still vampires in the same I, extent. I, I, <laughs> it's, it's, I agree we're splitting here as a sneaker. Right so... <laughs> so but it always they upset me that they weren't really vampires. <laughs> were vampires. When, when I was a kid, kid and I didn't adopt that same theory that you're going with, it always bothered me that they weren't the vampire, that there was this giant vampire, which I always thought was kind of cool, but then it was like I wanted them to be... And that's the other thing is, I, as, yeah, I coming from a kid too. perspective again, and I don't think so now watching it, I, that's why I don't come down as hard. They, didn't, they weren't very vampire-like. They had the little hypnosis thing, but they weren't... I mean, especially when the one guy died, he, he casts the one guy down the guard, and she runs over to get ready to drink his blood, and she says, it's, it's dead, so the blood is stale, and I thought... That That's was a little quick. Dumb. Yeah, I mean, it's like <laughs> it's so, not the only suddenly vampire story to do it, it though. Yeah, well, I just, I just that that was always that that's always just, bothered me. That's just me not as part of the too. vampire mythos. You prefer you prefer it that oh, they can drink well, any blood. Certainly, certainly true too. And that's the thing with vampires. But that bothered me back then. It doesn't bother me now. That, that's the thing with vampires is there's so much mythology that you can cherry pick what you want to use. That's what I think is 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 probably the best bits of this story. You're making an argument for. Twilight now, so be careful. Uh, I didn't. I'm not saying they were okay. vampires. I'm not saying Twilight's vampires. <laughs> now wait I, a minute. They are vampires, <laughs> and you're making an argument for why they can I'm, I'm, be I'm vampires. vampires. That there's a lot of vampire mythology, and you can choose to recognize what you want. Right. That's what I'm saying. And you're Twilight, I choose not to recognize. You're <laughs> <laughs> But in that statement, and I you're not to like it. Well, you're right. You still don't like it. You're not still not saying you like it, but you are qualifying it for it others exists. to accept it. It exists, unfortunately. In, in my humble opinion, if we're going to go down this road, Twilight discards too much of the vampire lore for them to still be considered yeah, true so vampires. True. I agree with Keith. Oops. Because there, there are some un, un, unenalienable truths about vampires. And one of the biggest things that one throws out is the aversion to sunlight. That is pretty much universal across the board. And even Doctor Who did this well, with the Twilight fact that there are no windows a, in their castle. They, they, Twilight, but they explain why they, they explain in a different it, way. It's, it's not the uh, allergic to it. It's the, <laughs> don't want to sparkle. Um, but even Doctor Who did it's, that with there are no windows in the in the castle for right, the ship right. in this case. Um, I, I think, first of all, I didn't know until this time out that this was a Terrence Dick story. So... That immediately kind of elevates it a little bit because I love Terrence Dix. I love the way, and he's going to be at Galley, and I'm all kinds of excited. I don't know if you heard that new guest announcement. Terrence Dix is going to be there. I didn't see that, but um, so you know that that that's that in and of itself is cool. It, it does all of the stuff right. Vampires have their whole genre. They've got a subculture. They've got there's just. You know, the family tree for vampirism is nuts. It's pretty much untrackable. Doing a vampire story in science fiction borders on insane. 
because there's so much of it that doesn't work. There's so much of it that you really have to, okay, how much of this are we going to explain? Does it become midichlorians and it's a magic word and we just throw it out there? That's or do what, we actually deal with the science of that's it? That's what this does well, though, is it goes bold. And exactly, says This yes. is the foundation for all, all of the, the myths. For all of Which the myths. I always like when stories try to do that, too. Mm-hmm. And so not only is this... You should the, go all the way back to the beginning and you've yeah. covered yourself. Basically. Well, and that's, and that's what he did, is that the vampires were these great creatures that roamed the galaxy and sucked entire planets dry to the point where the Time Lords had to intervene. And we go, all right, let's go. And I'm sorry, any story that can generate this kind of concept... <laughs> a gigantic ship that fires a bolt of steel. The entire purpose of this ship is to do nothing but catapult a bolt of steel. <laughs> yes, I am in favor of whatever you have crafted for this story, because that's cool. Um, so the Time Lords get involved, and they chase them throughout the universe, and exterminate the Time Lords. The principles of don't interfere, don't do this, don't commit genocide, blah, 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 are hunting these guys well, down? but, but... They do. He does make reference in the early days. And this was yeah, before they true. were really kind right. of the peace-loving. And that Rassilon no was. That's, yeah. And Rassilon kind of was the impression that That's too. why they become peace-loving. It's because of this war they had right. to fight with exactly. the great vampires. The, 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 I think that's another reason why this, uh, this story works so much better for me. Because it really does I, present I, I, some I integral Time Lord mythology it adds to it. To the time yeah, yeah. It, it really does. Yeah. So now we've got the planet and the atmosphere and all of the standard things you would expect to find in Vampire. We've got mist, we've got dark falling, we've got bats, we've got a castle, we've got a culling, we've got the wasting, whatever that is. Or the Did you say we have a culling? The culling, where they... Oh, culling. 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 Oh, I thought he was trying to drag Twilight into this again. <laughs> no, I would never drag Twilight. The only place I would drag Twilight is into Adric's room, where it could reside together with him. <laughs> On the "You're Not Allowed to Be Here" show, <laughs> but it, it 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 does all that stuff right in my mind. It it really kind of hits the and and maybe this is the kid talking that it cherry picks the tropes of what you would expect in a vampire story. But then it gave them to me, and it's like, yeah, okay, cool, I'll buy that for a dollar. You know, the ship, <laughs> elegant, yeah, simple, like fantastic. <laughs> yes, bring you know, uh, I like the fact that we get. A very almost Frankenstein-esque that we've rallied, rallied the villagers and we're going to go storm the castle, but instead of pitchforks and torches, we have canine. This <laughs> canine would have made short work of the Sisters of the Flame if they'd had him on Morbius. Now it would have been a little harder for him to get around up and down them stairs. But all the rocks, <laughs> he, he did. Poof. That story had been over in like two parts. <laughs> I agree with you. I don't think there's. I don't think there's a moment where this story flags. Except the Adric scenes, and I hate to harp on and it's this not, because it's, he is so much better than last week. And it's not, and, and, and <laughs> it, 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 it only drags <laughs> until he meets back up with Romana. Well, it's that it's, it's when he's separated from the rest, and <coughs> so have to write, have his own story of what he's doing that to get whole, him to the we, end point. Yeah, because we need him here. What is he doing up until that point? We have to explain that. Those are the parts that drag. The part with him and Canine is great to a point. <laughs> he doesn't trick canine. Canine just doesn't care enough. <laughs> oh, I scanned you. You're in- inconsequential. inconsequential. <laughs> Go die. Um, now, if I, 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 I'm not going to upset you with this, so I'm, I'm warning you in advance. This could be a little visually disturbing. But it, I thought of that today. I can't remember exactly. Was it inconsequential human or young human or whatever he said to him? Adolescent human. Adolescent human. 
if Ace had been around and K9 had said that, she'd have banged him with the bat. His head would have flown across the TARDIS console room. That would have been the end of that. The doctor would have come home and Ace had been there. Your dog's outside. <laughs> Just. I don't think that's. Who are you calling small? Whack. I think Ace would have loved K9. I think so too. They would have got along real she, well. She would have. She would have come back at him for saying that, but I don't think she would. Have she would have, yeah. She would um, have had a witty comeback. One but, of the good things that comes out of this story is the fact that Terrence Dix continues the story a bit beyond the end of this in the eight, the eight Doctors. This is oh. where Eight meets uh, the Fourth Doctor and Romana, and I believe it's on the on route back because it's not disclosed. Uh, or it's I, actually there's a, there's a scene in between the uh, group of the rebels and back to the when the doctor is with the rebels oh, okay. and he goes back to rescue uh, Romana. So there's actually there's an interaction. There's a little there. bit there. Yeah. So that's, Ooh, and that's that was cool. pretty neat. So the Doctor Romana interplay is I don't know. Maybe it's because Terrence Dix just knows how to write for these two. Maybe it's because well, this is his first time writing for him, isn't it? Is it? Because previously it was Brain of Morbius. Oh, I'm sorry. Previously it was Horror Fang Rock. Rock. And then Brain of Morbius. I think this was his first Romana album. It might have been. I think so. He's just that good. He he, he is. He he takes the best. Well, like when we did, um, what was the one? uh, Nightmare of Eden with the little back and forth with the Sonic that they had. Mm -hmm. He's he's kind of like distilled. It's like he watched all these episodes leading up to writing this one. Okay. Uh, Horns of the Nymon. Horns of the Nymon. Yeah. Um, and, and just gave us, boom, here's here's the best of it. I mean, Romana's not, she, she's kind of overcome that resignation of I'm having to go home and the resignation of we're stuck in e-space. There's still a little bit of she's that. She's kind of but, more embracing the fact that they're stuck in e-space. Yeah. She, well, this is now. Kind of taking I'm, advantage of the fact of, oh, we don't have to go exactly. home yet. We're still here. Which so. I thought she should have done last week. Exactly. So that she's he, he's fixed that. They have all these great things when they're tied up and they're in the thing, and she's the witty stories about the hermit on the hill. And the, I mean, she keeps and she's interacting with the doctor. And when he's trying to lead her down the scary path about oh, the tales of the vampires, and she's being exactly what she knows he wants. <laughs> she's being the captive ear and holding on to oh, do, do, do say it, do say it. And you get the idea that it's almost because she there, there's a, a little bit of genuine fear in her voice because she's still the young time lady that doesn't know anything. But at the same time, it almost comes across more like she's playing with him. She's and she's patronizing yeah. him and allowing him I to be the like genius. Too, because I she's really the that. only companion that can get away with that. I know. Maybe Sarah Jane, but other than that... Mm, yeah. But even to a point, Sarah... Sarah would bite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She, exactly. she would eventually get into the story yeah. and get... But I, I, I love that. And Romana, too, is the only one that you get that with. And, yeah. and so and there's so many of those makes, little things. This story really makes me want to go back and rewatch oh, a lot Romana, of Romana, Romana, Romana 2. Romana, Romana 1 often seem to be humoring the Doctor as well. I think in a different way, though. Especially yeah. Stones of Blood, but yes. Well, <laughs> when she wasn't being thrown off a cliff by him. Well... <laughs> I don't know. There's just I, I went into it and I I, tr- I very much tried to look for it's, the things that you were going to complain about and I couldn't find them. I just I sat back and I agree with you, Keith. I think this story moves except for the Adric parts. It doesn't flag. It's entertaining. It's got great moments of atmosphere. It's got great moments of humor. It's got great moments of just all around. This is a solid story. I'm well, sorry, I, I well, can't find anything. Yeah. To, I, I to think that about here. I'm I'm not the kind of guy that needs a lot of action in this story. 
but I think this one needed some action early in the story. I think it needed something to kind of peak it a little bit more. Especially the cliffhangers. The cliffhangers. I thought they were lackluster. They were, I would agree, the cliffhangers were a little lackluster. Oh my gosh, lots of bets in the sky. Oh. Oh my gosh, this guy just showed up and found us. Oh. I never was scared of the... And he wasn't. He didn't even never give felt an like ominous. The, yeah, and then they, yeah, they just. Creep, they, that's guy. just it. The, the three just that rule never had this. Like you were well, ever any it's, real it's, danger. It's almost like if they would have let uh, him finding them go for five more minutes, there would have been a better cliffhanger than where they left it. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they just chose. Oh, prime time. Yeah. Twenty-four minutes. We're done. Yeah. Because <laughs> and Terrence Dix is usually pretty good at writing cliffhangers. I think that goes back to setting the atmosphere; that it was more tonal than maybe that's the problem. The, maybe than, that I had to, I needed to be wowed by the tonal a little more than I was. And I just wasn't. I never was. I've, and this is the third, third, my third outing on this. Actually, this is my fourth because I watched it is as this a kid. On Hulu I watched Plus? it when I first bought it. Uh-huh. And then uh, I watched it again, I think, around, right around the time that I listened to that uh, Six Doctor story where they talked about the... I mean, I've watched all of it, but uh, oh, the, it references uh, the vampires. Project and I Twilight. went back because I couldn't remember some of the what was addressed in that. Project, yeah, Project yeah. Twilight. Because uh, I couldn't remember what was addressed in that. And then, that has a whole new connotation nowadays, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and then watching uh, it now, of course. But Anyway. Yeah, I just... I, I, it's far improved, far improved from last week's. Now, I will admit that I had forgotten that Edric was attempting to pull an alt for Darger and pull a fast one when he was like, yeah, I'll join you. And we're going to feed on her. You said I was chosen one, right? Look at my badge. It's all shiny. I'm mathematical excellence. I'm better than everybody here. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think he was trying to <laughs> trick them. For, for my, my, my initial gut reaction was like, Oh, I hate you. Why are you still... Well, oh, wait. I remember. You're going to try and pull something now yeah. and get her out of it. Okay. Let me, I'll let this play out for a little bit. Let me put it this way. is You can think of that, but for the doctor to go on and continue to trust him, you have to yeah. almost accept the fact that he was playing them. It took three episodes for him, to, the doctor, to trust Turlo. Uh, now we, we like Turlo, but, but Turlo, Turlo would also be have, a fine candidate for the how not yeah. to make a good first impression. Turlo was being put up to it by well, someone else that, and that's, was that's getting help in doing the Doctor. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. But because of the way that we know how Adric's story turns out, yes, he never had to redeem himself for the Doctor. Well, he, he never tried to beat him with himself. a rock either. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, and but, so, so, okay, so based saying, yeah. on where the Adric character goes, we almost have to accept, and we may not like it, but we just have to accept <laughs> the fact that he was p- playing the, the three that rule in order to... Well, attempting. Attempting. attempting to. Once, once again, the word attempting comes up with Adric <laughs> because he's attempting to rescue Romana. But it doesn't really work out. And I love the fact that Romana's snark comes back to bite him. Well, I was just saying that. And how'd that work out for you? <laughs> you know, just <laughs> get it to him. Because I really don't like Patrick. I'm sorry. But, um, yeah. I see. I used to see people tear him down on uh, the internet all the time. And I always thought, you know, I've never had a problem that much of a problem with Patrick. And I still don't. And then I kept thinking as we went into these and started talking to him, you guys would be kind of, eh, you he gets a bad rap sometimes, but it just it, it actually pains me to hear people tear him down so much. And, you know, I, and not because I love I, him, and I I'm a, I'm, I think he's a great care, companion because I don't. I don't. I think he's kind of subpar. But I just to hear people tear him down all the time. It, I 
I think he was a victim of a be, lot. Be, of believe it or not, the character was a victim of a lot. Well, of I agree I with agree that. With right. that yes, I agree with you. This is what sounds. This is going to sound I, really I weird. I don't, See, I don't even I don't think he was that down. bad. I don't even think he was that bad in these last two stories. So I think he was way worse in the last one than this one. And I don't want to tear down Matthew Waterhouse because he does a good job with what he's given. Right, right. That's just it. You can only do as good as what you, you know the writer is presenting for you. And yeah. I think I think and the, the character. character it's is fundamentally flawed. Problem is that there's just not a lot free. to work with, and well, not that bad. You know, I don't. I don't want anybody to think that my opinion of Matthew Waterhouse is no, 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 bleeding through. In my I don't think that's it, that's it. And some people online I think do. Some people yeah, do. Well, but I think they do go that far. But they, my other problem is is I mean, I, I'm not getting mad at you guys for turning it down, but because I always thought maybe there was just it was it was kind of passe to. Or, or, or it was just the yeah, thing to it's do. It's in vogue to, to tear down. Anger. I vogue. That's yeah. what I was looking for. But now that you guys do, it almost makes me wonder if just maybe I have a little, I've, a little maybe, maybe I'm a little more forgiving. Just and, and maybe I'm being blinded to how bad this character really was. But I've just, I, I've never hated this character, and I, even these first two stories with him never have felt like. The road to bad Adric, you know what I mean? Just the, the, the road to a terrible companion. So I've, I think I've I've always tried to approach Adric without the fan criticism in the back of my head, mm-hmm. and I've probably been harder on him last week and this week than I have previously. I think. While I've never had that great of things to say about him, I've never praised well, him. No, I think but, you, I, but I've never been I very. Think the character improves from here, he, so I think that's probably. I, part I've, of the I've always kind of been very. I, whenever anything in Doctor Who, is torn down mercifully or merciless, mercilessly, mercilessly. Yeah, I've always tried to come at it and look at. Well, this, they can't be right, mm-hmm. and some sometimes they are. Sometimes they're not like ghost, ghost light. Yeah, you're talking. For those of you listening, Unfortunately, this is the I, podcast that upholds the Merca, <laughs> the see, Candyman. Exactly. I love the Candyman, and can add, it's, <laughs> I love the Candyman too. Stay but with I also us on this. Stay with us on this journey. We're going to wind up exonerating Adric before this is all over. <laughs> and I've, I've always tried to be a supporter of Adric, and these two stories have not been good for his case. I think that that that's it in a nutshell. As as much as I spit venom. All over him last week. I've, I, I agree with you. I've never thought it was fair because I, I very much think it was in vogue. I think it was people wanting to pick mm-hmm. on Adric for the sake of picking on Adric. Mm-hmm. That there wasn't really a lot of basis to it. And I think he does get better as the stories progress. I don't mind him when we get into the Fifth Doctor stories, but he is right now. There's not a I lot. I think he does pair better with. Well, yeah, five. I, he, he pairs better with five, but there's not a lot of. Comp- these two parts don't fit together. I don't know what John Nathan Turner, unless he knew in advance that he was going to go in this direction, but for a fan watching these at this time as they were coming out. I would out, be questioning why he was still around. Yeah, I, it's same thing. I just, I, I don't see it. Now, once Peter do. Davidson shows up, they still bicker, but they fit a little bit better. So maybe that's well, know, where to we be, have to, to go be to fair, get to that To be fair with work. the fourth Doctor and Andrick is there's not a lot of fourth Doctor and Andrick. Well, there's not a true. lot of them together. No, we don't. We won't get a lot of that. So that's that's part of it. And in and, fact, and the stories that they're both in, they're separated most of the time. And maybe they're that's why together. in these two stories, I don't feel as accepting of Adric because the Doctor barely recognizes him yeah. and barely ag- acknowledges him. Right. And I don't. 
I don't. I tend to not like characters until the doctor likes the character. Uh, I mean, yeah, well, that he's, makes he's, sense. He's, he's, still, he's still been not accepting of him yet. So yeah, and until he is, then we're, we're kind of out in the cold. So. All right, what do we got coming up on the schedule, Sean? All right, well, next week more Adric. Yay! Yay. Still expecting, but but not because again, but not Adric Adric Light. Um, we finish off the East Space trilogy for Friday Night Who with Warrior's Gate. And this is one I pretty much don't remember anything. Except I remember the lion people in the mirror. I remember the very, lion people? I remember lion the people. very, very, very end of the they, story. They don't look anything like lions, but they have this very mane-like hair. So oh, it, it, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, it's survival. That's why I'm getting lion people. I don't remember anything about the story except the mirror and the very, 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 very end of it. That's it. So it'll be it'll be new to me. I don't know much about it other than I know we leave E space and some people get left behind. Well, you're assuming we leave E space. Oh, that's true. Trilogy, I'm assuming but... that we leave E space. <laughs> uh, and then uh, next week's show. Well founded. <laughs> <laughs> I would have would have been a quadrilogy otherwise. <laughs> Big finish did a whole season. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd be kind of neat, actually. Um, but we'll finish off uh, the East Space Trilogy on Friday Night Who next week, and then our show will be discussing Warrior's Gate and the East Space Trilogy as a whole, uh, and see a trilogy, whatever you want to think of it as. The following week, Friday Night Who, we return to the new series with Christopher Eccleston in Aliens in London and World War III, because I know you just haven't had enough of your Slitheine fix, and it'll help wash the taste of Adric out of your mouth. <laughs> and then we're uh, going to do some Big Finish stuff. Uh, Paul McGann returns to the show. Yay! Not personally, I wish. Um, in number 75, Scaredy Cat, and number 77, Other Lives, both Big Finish mainline adventures. So you should probably start listening to those. Guess what? I've heard them. Except for Glenn, who's got his homework <laughs> done in advance. And then some fun things planned for February. I got excited after Night of the Doctor. I said, <laughs> I'm moving on. And I started listening to more Paul. So that's that. And we'll try and have a schedule update for you uh, probably this week. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Peace out. Listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.